This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Hello and welcome into Tapped Out. As always, produced by Jake Nolicker with my co-host Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Let's talk a little fighting and let's make a little money here on the BetQL Network. First of all, let's talk what we saw last Saturday night, BT. UFC 297 main event, Dracus Duplessis by decision over Sean Strickland. I should say split decision. I believe at the end of the show, because I know I kept going back and forth. Ultimately, I think I said Dracus by decision. That's where I put my money, so I'm not mad about it. There's a lot of people that are. Well, yeah, me, because I did have my money on Sean Strickland, so and I had him by decision, so... <laughs> I'm furious with this decision. I I, I hated it. Uh, I am uh, I'm with everybody who you know thought Sean should have gotten the nod. I get it. Like he had the bad cut, looked he he looked like he had a bad, but I just thought that he 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 got the the better work of Drickus. Drickus has kind of like that slugging. Every uh, you know shot looks like a lot of work, and it's going to give you a little bit more. So I don't know. I was annoyed by it. I thought Sean Strickland should have won. I'm obviously very biased because of where my money was wagered on this one. Um, as a fan, I'm not that upset because I think Dragas brings, uh, you know, another positive rivalry to this thing because I'm excited to see him versus Izzy if that's what we get. But I am, uh, I am very, very down that I got screwed out of my dough, man. Not a rivalry though, right? Like close fight, you can live with it. I can live with it. It's a close fight. I don't like people who are like, oh, you got to go beat the champ or any of that stuff. No, I just thought Sean won. Um, this isn't a case of, you know, me thinking Drickus didn't do enough because Sean is the champion. I just thought Sean got the better of it. But I get it. It was a very, very close fight. It was a good fight. It was a, it was a competitive matchup between these guys. Um, you know, short reign for Sean Strickland. But I see no reason, like, why he can't get back there. I don't feel like he looks outclassed by uh Drickus, and obviously we've seen him beat izzy so i think he can get back there and we'll certainly talk about what's next for Drickus. let's bring in producer jake to i guess be the deciding factor here because you think strickland won i think duplessis won so does vegas who won that fight jake saw strickland baby i don't know it was really? a close fight like bt okay. said it but yeah i scored a 48 47 strickland i thought he got the better of the first second certainly the fifth round but it was one of those fights like Neither guy was winning and hitting real clean. It was a sloppy 
kind of slow pace back and forth. I wasn't mad about it, but no, nah, I thought I thought Sean Strickland took it. Not that I had any money on it or anything, but you know. <laughs> well, I think I th- and I also think that's probably this is one of those things. The guy you guys know near and dear to my heart, Jorge Masvidal. This is kind of like the story of his career. It was never like a a the, he got hosed up in a lot of decisions because you know his style maybe wasn't always the the cleanest. And I think Strickland kind of runs into this where he thinks he wins these fights because the judges there's something with his style. And I think there was, there was a thing that John Anik put out actually about Saldi Amato is the is an official like he's gotten the wrong end of Saldi Amato like many a times on his card. If you have a style that a certain judge doesn't like, you know, it can sway you and it can and it can deter your career. And so it does feel like for Sean, unless he clearly goes out and does it because he's not like the biggest power puncher in the world, that he leaves himself vulnerable for things like this. So what's next? Because the fight to me was good enough that Strickland could at least talk about an automatic rematch. Obviously, Drake is duplicy as unfinished business with Israel Adesanya. They're talking about trying to make that possibly for UFC 300. What and when do you think we see Drake is back in the cage? I mean, I would love to see him back. I mean, that's probably a big ask for him to be back in uh, in April. But it's not impossible. It's been done. I mean, you know, Sean had a very quick turnaround for his first title fight. And clearly the Izzy fight, you know, there's they're still, even though there's been more announcements for 300 and, you know, Holloway and, uh, and Gaethje's a great fight if that is their fallback main event fight. Yeah, that would obviously add a lot to it if they made that fight for 300 or for any fight. These guys clearly have heat. This was supposed to be the original title fight anyway. Um, just on the other end of Drekus was supposed to be the challenger to the champ at Izzy. He didn't take the fight when he wanted to. Props to him. He ends up getting the belts anyway. So now he's in the catbird seat as far as being the champ in this uh, in this upcoming matchup. But, yeah, I, I want to see that rivalry, Sean. They've been talking about it. Izzy has been talking about it since he got the belt back that he wanted that matchup. So, I'm all for it. Andrew Gombas from Bets and Picks MMA, betting insider, is going to join us here coming up in a little bit. We'll see if he want, uh, if he thinks that DDB won that fight. That's BT. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. I know a fight that I did not enjoy, and that was the co-main event. Dude, what was that? Raquel Pennington, I guess, won the belt. We all really lost. She took out Myra Buena Silva. That thing was just a five-round snooze fest, and when I say it, I mean it. I literally fell asleep in the second, and I told my dude, wake me back up when Dracus makes the walk. Yeah, we've been talking about this with the uh, the women's divisions. It's been uh, it's been a little bit of a rut for the quality of the big, big, big fights. And so I'm happy for Rocky. That was a title fight. Listen, I'm I'm happy for Rocky Albanton to get this kind of an ending. I think she's the third fighter ever to to get the belt after that long uh, of a debut um so good good for her um so she'll get another crack at it and things like that but yeah it wasn't it wasn't a great matchup so happy for the result but i was not happy for the process to get there i'm with you it was not a good fight you're such a softie bro she's 15 and 9 in her ufc career good for you you get a belt now come on that's ridiculous and good no, no, hold on. Also, it is a great story. I'm not going to let you do that. That's a, that, it's a great story. You you can't deter. Like she's on a six fight win streak. She she was you know bat, she's only lost to former champions. She's you know she's she's an OG. She is a she's a women's fighting OG, and she gets the belt. That's a cool story. 
it is a cool story, but it's also, if we're telling the full story, it's lack of competition right now in the women's game. I mean, look, literally in the last few years, we've lost Ioana Ojechek, we've lost Amanda, probably Valentina, at least for a while. Um, you know, keep going. Like, it's basically, when it comes to big names, at least, I'm not just calling like I see it, that I'm interested in. Definitely the ladies fight, the Zhang Wei Li fight coming up at UFC 300. Rose, maybe, but she's lost a lot of her cachet. I'm just saying, man. So at least I called for it and I got it because as of like yesterday, Kayla Harrison, what? Kayla Harrison signed by the UFC. Her first opponent at UFC 300 to me was actually the more confusing thing. Holly Holm, we, we, that's that's my point. Like they couldn't have found something better than that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with the opponent just because Holly, again, she's been around. She's fought everybody. I think that uh, they're putting in a kind of a fail-safe because I don't think they think Holly can knock her out. Um, definitely can outpoint her, though. I mean, like, you know, Holly's dangerous with uh, with this. But I think with, uh, with Kayla, the big question is the weight. I mean, that's the big thing that everybody's concerned about is she's never fought at 135 pounds. I don't really understand. We talk about this right with the UFC, why – they would make her cut all the way down to be the face of bantamweight. She's a house. And I mean that respectfully. I've seen Kayla Harrison. I've interviewed her in person. You know, I don't really see for her a place where a person who's fought at 155 pounds, 145 pounds, where she's going to lose even more weight. I mean, I've said this about other fighters before, but, you know, she's not young. I feel like that's a, that's a tough ask of her. But if she can do it, she's signing up for it. You know, I – Look, she's got star quality. She's got the persona. She's got the dominant style. Um, she can kind of, if she goes out and does this the right way, I think can can revitalize some of that bantamweight division by herself, just by personality. And if she can go on almost a Ronda or Nunez like run of just of just thrashing fools. We talk a lot about UFC 300 because it's going to be a big marquee event just coming up here in a few months. We'll talk a lot about it again during the next show. But, dude, it's starting to come together. Even these kind of non, you know, the, the fights that maybe you'll think of that morning when you wake up, and then you're like, oh, cool, you know, Kayla Harrison's about to make the walk type thing. Or, uh, you know, so Cody Garbrandt, or is he at 299? Is he fighting 299 or 300? No, I think he's 300. Do you think he's fighting uh, 300. You know what I'm saying? Look, 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 299, Jake says. In? You don't even know he's no, fighting. He's on, back no, I'm, I'm, he's I'm not wrong. fighting. Yeah, he, he, UFC oh, 300. Sorry, ignore oh, me. Yeah, yeah you should be sorry. You yeah, want to know how should. I know that? Because I interviewed Cody Garbrandt and he said he wanted to come uh, hang out in Miami when we were. We, you did look really fight. confused when we were calling. And you I was out. like, You're like I yeah, know. I was like, no, you guys. I'm like, no, <laughs> you guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. He's fighting at 300. Good fight though. Uh, Screw us. I can take it. But that was my point. Like, you know, it's not maybe the one that you're going to wake up that morning going, oh, cool, because that'll be like Max versus Gaethje type thing. All I'm saying is that the card's coming together pretty good, damn it. All right, let's work our way down a couple of the rest of what we saw. Neil, Dude, I told you Neil Magny, and BetQL posted that, by the way, on X, and I was like, dude, he's going to get called out of here publicly. I said, why not play Neil Magny at 4-1 to one against Mike Mallott? And your answer was, eh, nah, I'm good. And then Mike Mallott just basically collapsed in the third round he was exhausted the fight was over look look dude it was a tough night for me all right i had uh i figured in canada mike Malat was going to show up and you know instead he ran out of gas and neil magny got the awesome finish on top of him 
Goosies for Neil Magny. Congratulations. Not Goosies for my wallet, that's for sure. Um, you. But it was a great finish. It was a great finish. It wasn't looking like it was going to go that direction, and then all of a sudden he pulls a rabbit out of his hat. So great for Neil Magny. It was, uh, it was, it was an awesome, awesome win for him. And uh, good to see, like, you know, he's – look, he's always been one of those guys. You can never count him out. Um, and so, you know, congrats, congratulations. You cost me dough. Shy of when we saw Nick Diaz just lay down and take a seat in the middle of the cage in that fight against – who was it? Robbie Lawler. Uh, he was – I mean, that was quitting in the middle of the octagon for Malat, and I'm sure he's embarrassed and everything. Talk about running out of gas. I mean, that car was just on the side of the highway. He was done. He was just laying there. And uh, certainly congratulations to Neil Magny. All right, Chris Curtis took out Mark andre Below That fight sucked also. And Frankie Edgar going into the UFC Hall of Fame. we got a lot to talk about during this show, and we break it all down next with Andrew Gombas at Bets and Picks MMA. Keep it right here. You're locked in to tap out. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. And welcome back into Tapped Out live from my living room and Brendan Tobin from the dungeon from the Miami Heat Arena. And who knows where producer Jake is, somewhere out in Philly. Who gives a damn? Let's bring on our guest, Andrew Gombas, Bets and Picks MMA, good friend of the show, so we're divided on this one, man. The Drake is 2 plus C versus Sean Strickland fight. 
because BT had his money on Strickland, so he thinks he got screwed. My money was on DDP, so I'm cool with it. Who do you think won that fight? Would you believe I haven't seen the fight? I went to sleep after the Pennington fight. I was exhausted. I had no bets <laughs> on the main event. I was like, you know what? It's 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm, the dogs are going to have me up early. I'm going to bet. So I still haven't seen it. I figured it would be a close fight, but I'm looking forward to going back and watching it because obviously, you know, big fight. I, I just couldn't swing it in my old age. I'm getting tired earlier. Dude, listen, there's no shame in that game. Uh, these fights are getting way too late for my watch uh, behind this uh, this day and age. Was it because the Raquel Pennington fight? Because this was what Sean was saying in the opening <laughs> second. Was this because the Raquel Pennington fight was so boring or were you just tired, naturally tired? No, it wasn't because the Pennington fight was boring. I was loving every second of the Pennington fight. I had a good-sized bet on her. She was winning handedly. You want to hear something that'll that'll make you ill to your stomach is I had Pennington to win in round five at plus 4,500 odds. And she had the arm triangle locked in, and I was like, cool, we're bringing this home. And she just couldn't finish it. I was like, oh, man, we were this close. But oh. glad, to, glad to see her get the win for sure. And so I was able to go to bed on a high note. Sometimes you just got to bet the odds, and 45 to 1 is always pretty tasty. We're talking with Andrew Gombas here on the BetQL Network. All right, I want your thoughts on some fights coming up because we're going to break these down in a little while here on the show. Let's start with the Volkanovski versus Ilya Taporia fight coming up at UFC 298. A lot of public money has been coming in on Ilya Taporia. Why do you think that is? Is it because Volk got knocked out? Do people think he's vulnerable all of a sudden? Yeah, so anyone who's been following me for a while now knows I was one of the first people to kind of talk up this Ilya Taporia kid. I, I bet him in every single fight in the UFC besides his last one against Emmett because he was already a huge favorite, but I've been high on him through this whole journey and I, I'm high on him here too. Volkanovski, obviously an all time great, one of the best 145 pounders ever, but he is getting up there in age a little bit. He's coming off being knocked out by Islam Makachev. And also, I think something people aren't paying enough attention to is the fact that he's now gone up a weight class and back down, up a weight class and back down multiple times. And doing so, doing that in your mid 30s is probably not the easiest task on your body. You know, he's on, he was only knocked out a few months ago. I, I like Taporia's game a lot. He's very well-rounded. I think he's a very clean striker. I think he is an excellent grappler, a submission grappler. And so I, I actually am picking him to win here and to um, – and I'm thinking it's going to be in new. Obviously, like I said, Volk's a legend. It wouldn't you know be the most shocking thing ever if he was able to put up a great fight and end up getting his hand raised. But I'm picking Taporia here. I think he um, he gets the job done. Andrew uh, recently announced they're bringing the BMF belt back with uh, Justin Gaethje, Max Holloway. I love this fight. Uh, it is a fan-friendly fight. Where do you uh, lay your money on a, a matchup like this? Yeah, that's a banger. I mean, if you're looking for a matchup that you could be 100% positive is going to be fun in one way or the other, those are the two guys you put in there. They both – um, throw a ton of strikes, land a ton of strikes. They're willing to give one to take one. We've seen Holloway up at 155 before, but that was that was a pretty long time ago by now. And he gave Dustin Poirier, who was a top you know five fighter at the time, um, a good solid fight. So I, I, this is an interesting matchup for me. You know, Gaethje is a minus 225 favorite, and you know before I saw the odds, I kind of figured that 
I would pick him to win, but at these at this price, I think it's Holloway or pass. But I do think it's a high variance fight. It's a volatile fight. I'm curious. You know, I, I was on Holloway pretty big against uh, Arnold Allen, and I, you know he won that fight handedly. But when I when the fight was over, I was like, you know, is did Max decline a little bit, or is just is Arnold Allen just that good? Because you know, I thought even though Max won four rounds of one or whatever, I felt like he had lost a step. And so I think this fight will tell us a little bit about that because even though he's had such a tremendous career, he's taken a lot of damage as well and he's never been knocked out. So it'll be interesting if Gaethje could be the first one to do it, but that, that's a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. I believe never even been knocked down in the case of Max Holloway, which is just crazy. Andrew Gomez joining us here on tapped out. Uh, you mentioned Dustin Poirier. He's got an upcoming fight against Benoit Saint-Denis, who's actually the favorite in this fight. Why would Poirier take that fight? You know, it's a good question. I think it could be for one of two reasons or maybe a mix of both. But I think the UFC said, look, you know, we've given you McGregor, Chandler, Gaethje, these big names, and, like, it's – even though you Oliveira, even though you've lost some, won some, like we've get, we've continuously given you these big fights, put you on this big platform. It's time you take it's time you take one for, for us. You know we got to get this division going because you kind of have like Gaethje, Chandler, Poirier have been fighting each other. It seems like for the last three four years, and now um, there's some there's some newer guys at that weight class, such as like Saruki and Gamrat, Fazayev, um, Sandini. And so I think that could be one reason. And also another reason, maybe they said, hey, we know this We know this guy isn't a big name, but if you go out there and beat him, we're going to give you X, Y, Z fight, whether that be a title fight or a number one contenders fight or another McGregor fight. Maybe they kind of baited him a little bit and said, hey, if you do this for us, we'll do this for you. But I'm glad they made that fight. I'm, I'm highly anticipating it. Are you uh, are you the mindset, like, do you think that Saint-Denis is a rightful favorite in this fight? Because we're starting to see a cool thing in this division with a couple of young matchups like, you know, uh, Sarukian going up against Oliveira. And, you know, a lot of people are going against the old guys. The old guys are the dogs here. So is there is there one of the vets that you, I guess, value more as an underdog, whether it be Oliveira or whether it be Poirier in, uh, in their upcoming fights? No, you know, I actually think that both the uh, young guard, so to speak, will get it done. I think that um, Saint Denis, especially for Poirier, just stylistically, it's a tough matchup because we know how good of a striker Poirier is, but he's kind of gotten away with, in a sense, not having to fight too many good grapplers over the last few years. Um, obviously, you know, the McGregor fights, striker. Michael Chandler took him down a few times, but they banged it out a lot also. The only, like, real primary grappler he fought was Oliveira, and we saw how that went. And I'm not saying that um, – I'm not saying that San Denis is the same caliber of a jiu-jitsu player that Oliveira is, but he's a strong wrestler. He's tenacious. He's gritty. He pushes a pace. And I think he brings a cardio edge into this fight, and um, I, I like this matchup for him. And then the Sarukian versus Oliveira fight, we know how dangerous Oliveira is from every single position, and he's a finisher. But I think in terms of position, um, Sarukian is just more positionally sound from a technical perspective, and I think he's going to be winning minutes here. And I, I think, you know, he's just on a little bit different of a trajectory than Oliveira. So I'm picking both the younger guys to get it done here. That's a sick shirt, by the way, Andrew. Andrew Gombas at Bets and Picks MMA, if you want to follow him, is our guest here on Tapped Out. Sean O'Malley fights Cheeto Vera again. 
Vera, obviously the underdog at plus 170. O'Malley right now is minus 205 at BetMGM. How do you think this fight goes? And how much do you think the odds are swayed in O'Malley's favor just because he is the sugar show? He is Sean O'Malley. Because minus 205 is a heavy price to pay. Yeah, I, I think it definitely plays a part. But I think if you look a little bit deeper into it too, you'll see that at least in my opinion, I think Vera is KO or bust here. He's not much of a wrestler. He is not nearly as good of a minute winner as O'Malley. And something that often gets overlooked with O'Malley is how, like we know he's a flashy striker. He's got some cool knockouts. He's long, he's rangy. But one thing that gets overlooked is his striking defense is one of the best in UFC history. Like if you look at his defensive striking stats he's so hard to hit and he's so hard to hit to the head so i think he's going to be out ahead in terms of volume here i think he's just much better defensively than vera and i think vera is going to need to knock him out to win so i, I like o'malley i think the price tags justified at least because like i said i think vera is ko or bust i don't think he has much grappling upside i think it's going to be hard for him to win minutes and like i said O'Malley's so hard to hit to the head that it's really tough to knock a guy out when you can't hit him in the head so i, I think this is a good matchup for o'malley i would have personally i personally think there are harder matchups for o'malley out there um such as marab for example or even like oh, sure. i know he beat yan by split decision but i think yan's a tougher matchup than uh, Vera, but you know they have a history. You had the first fight with the ankle injury, all that. They have some beef, so I don't mind the UFC making it. But I really do hope that the uh, Marab Cejudo winner ends up fighting the winner of this one. Andrew, uh, doing uh, the theme of young versus old. I guess there was some back and forth again this week. Uh, Aspinall, but doing a lot of tweeting. Tom Aspinall with uh, the old guard, and, and mentioned that there was a possibility of doing Steepa at UFC 300. Do you think either one of those old guys could handle Aspinall, or does he just look too overwhelming to you that whether it be John Jones or whether it be Stipe, he's just, you know, a cut above because of being in his prime and his skill set right now? Because, you know, I can understand why those guys want to just do the Legends fight instead of giving it up to this young pup who's been around for three seconds. Yeah, 100%. You know, I think my, my answer is different for Stipe and for Jones. I think Aspinall would beat Stipe. I, I just haven't seen anything from John Jones to tell me that he can't beat anyone in the world. You know, coming come back to, for that gone fight, he was off for three years. He didn't look great in his last two before he went. He's up a weight class now. I was like, you know, I think this is a good matchup for gone. You know, who, who comes back at this age from this type of layoff up a weight class and looks good. Not only does he win that fight, he comes out and dusts easily grapples and submits surreal gone so i think until proven otherwise john jones is the most special fighter that the sport has ever seen and i would i would pick him against any heavyweight in the world right now so john's the best that the ufc has ever seen we'll get you out of here with this one andrew the most popular that the ufc has ever seen is clearly conor mcgregor looks like we're going to get that fight versus michael chandler i look at the odds chandler even money mcgregor the favorite at minus 120 bro I'm stunned. I'm shocked. And I know that you always have to pay extra for Conor McGregor because he is what I just said. But Michael Chandler is going to whoop his ass, right? Yeah. So if you asked me this question, however many, like four years ago, I would have said this is an easy fight for McGregor. He, he's longer, rangier. His timing so much better. But like I mentioned, like we talk about in layoffs, especially injury layoffs. I was actually at that fight in Las Vegas when he hurt his leg against Poirier. And at that point, the he, he was already, 
that was yeah that was his like comeback against the Poirier fights were comebacks and that was three years ago now so you got McGregor who clearly has a lot going on outside of the octagon I'm not sure like I don't trust that he's a serious fighter per se anymore like I don't think that um that fire still there that you know what what made him such an all-time legend like he's one of the best fighters the sport's ever seen on his way up beating Holloway Poirier Aldo Mendez Alvarez like he was one of the all-time greats, no question, transcended the sport. But we're talking about a guy who hasn't even fought in almost three years, who clearly like is into partying outside of the octagon, and he's made a hundred multiple hundreds of million dollars. And, you know, I get that he loves the sport, but I just can't picture him being like disciplined in the gym every day, training his ass off. I think he's probably more likely, you know coming back a little bit washed as much as it hurts me to say, I love Conor McGregor. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. You know, he's what got me hooked. He's what took me from being a casual MMA fan to being hardcore and ended up making a career out of it. So I love McGregor. I think him coming back at this point though, is probably going to be bad news. I, I predict that Chandler wins that fight. Uh, you know, Chandler, obviously there's some concerns on his side. He's been knocked out a few times. Um, McGregor, in his prime is a really hard matchup for Chandler. But, you know, I think Chandler, if anyone's going to get takedowns, it's him. He has explosive power also. It's likely going to be a short fight, so I don't think cardio is necessarily going to play much of a role. If they stand and bang, it could be whoever lands first. If Chandler gets the grappling going, you know, that could give him an edge there. So I'm probably going to be picking Chandler when the time comes around because McGregor hasn't shown me anything in recent memory to think otherwise. Your recall is as good as anybody in the game. Like, I would like to have you as my trivia guest. When we start talking about a weight class, you just list off the top 15 guys. We mentioned a fight. You're like, yeah, here's his last 10 right at the top of the dome. It's pretty crazy. I don't even remember what I had for lunch today. Um, Andrew Gombis yeah. at Bets and Picks MMA. We'll catch up soon, brother. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Step into the cage with Brendan Tobin in Are You Gonna Fight Me? I'm gonna fight your ass! 
here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. You know the rules. I want a good, clean fight. When I tell you to break, I want you to step back out my command and break. Now go back to the corner and come out fighting at the bell. And we roll along here on Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin. I am the sports machine, Sean Levine. Appreciate Andrew Gombas joining us. That guy, he would be a good trivia. If it was all MMA, who, who do you think who do you think would be better at a bar answering MMA questions quick? You or me? Uh well, what is the category? Is the category fraud, featherweight goats, then you? Wow. Okay, time to fight. Perfect timing. Put your gloves on and meet me in the middle, dude. You're gonna talk like since we can't seem to get along, let's get it on. Um if Drinkus Duplessis fights Izzy, I think Izzy beats him. I think Izzy knocks his ass out. You going to fight me? I'm going to fight you on knocking him out. I don't think that he knocks him out. I think that Izzy will uh, win that fight by decision. Um, but it, it is an interesting fight for Izzy. It is a crossroads fight for Izzy because if he doesn't win, then like where is he at in his career? Is, is his uh, star power completely gone after that? Because I do feel like, you want to talk about probably top five guys in the UFC star power wise. He's probably up there, but you know, if you keep going up and down, up and down with these losses and, and you know, credit to him, he's fought everybody, but if it does feel like it's starting to catch up to you all of a sudden and, and you're losing every other title fight, maybe then all of a sudden you're not, uh, you're not at the cutting edge of what you were, which is, you know, been a theme. We've been seeing a lot of these guys who have been at the top, probably for over the last five years, they're starting to fall off a little bit. So, very intriguing fight. I believe in Izzy because I, I I tend to be late on, you know, having these uh, these goats of divisions of of the current day. I, I don't like to admit that their their days are behind them, but if he can't beat DDP, then all of a sudden you have to wonder that with Izzy. Yeah, you've never been the best with change. Kind of like Usman is in the position right now, right? Like I don't think he. If Izzy yes. loses, I don't know that he fights for a belt unless he goes on a hell of a run, which is crazy to say. Same thing with Usman, right? Like, I, if, if, if Izzy loses this fight, I bet neither one of them fight for a belt again. Yeah, it's it, it'd be hard to picture. It'd be hard to picture. I mean, like, there's going to be certain matchups where, like, look, if Usman takes some time off and Leon doesn't have the belt anymore, Usman's going to be an option. But is he going to win is the question. So I could definitely see because Izzy's – kind of in that spot now where he's getting a lot of sh- shots he's obviously the top of there his uh he beat his rival in Pajeda. all right strickland didn't hold on to the belt now he's back with the new rival again we uh you know usman we haven't gotten to the point where leon's lost the belt to be at that point yet so true we'll have to see but i'm but but we clearly are seeing a guy who doesn't quite look at, at the tip uh of of the uh the sport like he was at the tip top um you know years ago well to be fair after he got knocked out by Pereira, he came back and knocked him out. So maybe the loss after Sean Strickland, he comes back and pieces up a guy, and we come back on this show, and we're like, what were we talking about? Israel Adesanya is still like a top five pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Are you going to fight me if I say, I don't think we have the UFC 300 main event yet. Maybe if they're able to put together the John Jones-Stipe fight, I just think that we have a bunch of really good fights. I don't think we have a main event. I think it's a good card. I don't think they can top it very much with poor, uh, with Holloway and Gaethje. It's going to have to be a hell of a fight. I mean, if they would have been able to pull off Aspinall-Stipe, 
Obviously, that would have been there because Stipe is one of the goats. You got the heavyweight championship on the line. I, just like what's this? Unless it's Connor, which it's not gonna be. What's the what's the fight that tops it right now, Sean? Like I, I don't think there's many fights they can make that's more fan friendly than uh, than Holloway and Gaethje. So no, I, I think this is it, man. I think the addition of Kayla Harrison. It's it, you know I remember us talking about this not too long ago. And you brought up the idea of like, hey, is it just going to be a lot of great names, good names that will just never make you want to turn off the TV? And that's kind of where we're at right now. Like none of these fights suck. It's just there's not the holy crap, you know, freak show version of it. And that's fine. I think that this is a really, really good card. They have stacked it. They add Kayla Harrison to it, which is a cool debut. They got a lot of fun matchups. I think they got their fight. And I think Max Holloway versus Gaethje is a fine main event. They probably also got scared off of what happened at UFC 200, right? Like, they tried to make the John Jones DC fight. That thing collapsed right before. There was something else that hit the fan. What was it? I know they ultimately ended up having Brock Lesnar fight Mark Hunt, and then they had to go to court over all that business. Like, it just didn't work out. Bring in the big names and trying to impress for one night instead of doing exactly what you're talking about, which is just make it a card that you can't walk away from. That every single time you're like, oh, that guy's on, that gal is on the next fight. So I'm with you. Like, I think that they've actually done a pretty good job at this point. I was complaining a couple of weeks ago. Now that we've got pretty much a full fight card, I'm totally cool with UFC 300. There's a rumor that Amanda Nunes wants to come back. You're going to fight me if I say, no way we ever see her again. What's the point? I mean, what's her competition and what does she have to prove? The only one I could see her coming back for, honestly, is Kayla. Uh, just because there's like some okay. ATT stuff there, it seemed like once Kayla was kind of getting the rise as like the 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 uh, the next show pony at ATT, it felt like and, you know Amanda Nunes was like, oh, I want to go find my own place, I want to leave it. So I think there is definitely some some heat there. That'd be the only thing I'd want to see her against, and I think that Kayla probably has to get a couple of wins to drive Amanda Nunes I have no interest in her seeing I, I don't really want to see her versus Cyborg again that's the only one to me that makes sense is Kayla Harrison gets a win and maybe maybe she just crushes Holly Holm I think if anything you want to talk about like fail safes if Amanda's back it feels to me like prove you can make 135 pounds you can be effective at 135 pounds get a win over an old fighter then we'll set you up against Amanda Nunes International Fight Week for the belt. You know, something like that. Well, I guess it could be for the belt because Rocky has the belt, but you get what I'm saying. We'll go over that super fight. We'll have that matchup down the line. Speaking of American top team and beef, Colby Covington did not look uh, great last time we saw him in the octagon against Leon. It was embarrassingly bad. Uh, You're going to fight me if I say, I don't think we see him for like a calendar year. I haven't heard from him at all. I'm not going to fight you because that's that's kind of been the strategy of his career. He's not a very active True. fighter, and he looks for opportunities to pop up and 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 make a buzz of of you know himself. You know him and Strickland seem to have a lot of heat. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing that fight up a weight class if he were to go up. Sean Strickland's been kind of ripping him to shreds. I would um, love to see that fight. being interesting. Plus, Colby, being that would be a great like. That'd be a great redemption story to cut you off. That'd be a great redemption story if Colby could somehow get that fight and win that fight. I'm not saying he's back on top, but at least he's not on bottom where he is right now. I think it, yeah, I think it's an interesting thing, and especially you know with Sean kind of being like the poster boy of of Colby's fan base, and now saying that Colby's a fraud and everything he does is an act, and I'm the real guy. So I think there could be 
some interesting heat there with that matchup. Um, but I, you know, I think that's one of those where I don't think Colby takes that fight unless Sean Strickland has the championship. I don't think he just takes that fight to fight Sean Strickland. Colby Covington, you can say a lot of things. He's not dumb. He's an opportunist. And so I don't think he does that unless he can get a belt. I would take the fight if I was him. I'm not the one giving him advice, but if he wants it, it's free here on Tapped Out. I think that'd be a perfect fight for him to get his name back and to find himself back in the winning category. Obviously, he'd have to beef up a little bit. Um, Alex Pereira, I was looking at the pound-for-pound list. Right now, he's currently number five. Obviously, you're talking about champion, talking about unbelievable knockouts. I'm looking at his resume. Knocked out Prohoshka, Izzy. You just mentioned Sean Strickland. Took care of Jan Blahovich. You can fight me if I say he's still really underrated. Well, looking at your list, the pound-for-pound list right now, who do you think that he should look leapfrog? Because you have Leon at four, Volk at three, John at two, Islam at one. Um, the only one I think he's got an argument over right now for me is Leon. Uh, do you disagree with that, or do you think he should be ahead of Volk because Volk's coming off a loss? I actually think the top five is exactly where it should be. I also think that Pereira, it's like all those other guys come to mind. Who's Give me the rest. Give me six through ten. Uh, Charles Oliveira, Sean O'Malley, oh. Drinkus Duplessis. That's way too high for me for him being eight. That's ridiculous. Uh, Alessandra Pantoja and Israel Adesanya is 10th. Sean Strickland. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't, now that you gave it to me out loud, maybe it's about right. It just, for a guy that's that accomplished with that resume this early in the game, I don't think he gets enough public love, but you know who does? The Rock. The Rock. Dwayne Johnson is now part of the board of the WWE UFC. Are you going to fight me if I say that's the most recognizable person on the planet? Who is the, I got a list for you. I got a list for you. Is he more recognizable? You have a list than, of the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Um, is he more okay. or less recognizable than the following? Taylor Swift. Now? This moment. No, I think Taylor is the most famous person on the planet right now. You're probably right, dude. Goodness gracious. And she's like 15 minutes. From As you know, know, number one Chiefs fan. She's taking your throne. She's oh, taking your oh, throne. Don't make me vomit on the radio, bro. Um, What do you mean, dude? About- Who doesn't love you guys score every time they show her? And I love Tay-Tay, man. It's good right, for you, dude. man. And the Kelsey brothers. Who's not sick of those guys? Oh, dude. Um... Well, Kim Kardashian, who's more recognizable? Kim Kardashian or The Rock? I'm going The Rock. I'm going The Rock with that one, too. Uh, speaking of my Chiefs, before we get out of here, you're going to fight me if I say they're going to beat the Ravens coming up on Sunday. You know, buddy, I Uh-oh. want me buddy. that to be the, the case just for your easily. happiness. But I got to tell you, I don't think anybody's effing with these Ravens. I really don't. You know, I, I know they did a number on, on the Finns. They beat the holy hell out of the 49ers. Certainly, people wrote off Patrick Mahomes and you boys way too early and said, oh, road, they can't do it on the road. Uh-huh. But there's so many. Dude, that Ravens team, I'm telling you, they have so many weapons. And, man, Lamar is good. I mean, he's just – he's so dynamic. And I just think that they I, – I, them at home – I just think they're not I, – I, I don't know. 
I, I can't pick you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sounds like sounds like a guy who watched the Dolphins get their asses kicked by the Ravens a few weeks ago, huh? It was very frightening. It was very frightening. They had no <laughs> shot. Well, lost to the Chiefs twice this year also. I guess it wasn't quite as much of a bludgeoning. We'll see right now. The Chiefs are a four-point underdog at BetMGM. All right, the fight is over on the other side. We UFC into the future. Get out our crystal ball and break down some upcoming fights in the octagon right here on Tapped Out. things up here on this edition of tapped out that's brendan on the sports machine and i happen to have my crystal ball here in front of me so let's uh ufc into the future i see a little uh volkanovsky at minus 142 versus Ilya taporia plus 120 too many people bt you're talking about taporia we had on andrew gombas earlier today he likes Ilya. a lot of the public money over the last month has been swaying in on taporia so have the odds Minus 142 for Volkanovski. I've had to pay as much as like minus 450 at times for Volkanovski. So I love Taporia. He's up and coming. I think he has the belt at some point. He can beat you in a lot of different ways. Volk's coming off the knockout, a violent one at that. I think I'm taking Volkanovski, man. And I think Volk ends up finishing him. You know, man, I'm with you. Like we were just talking about, um, I'm – usually the last to write off these grades. I'm not ready to do it yet with Volk, especially at that weight class. He is, uh, he's still been the most unsolvable featherweight. And um, I just think with Taporia, that's a big jump for him too, even though he seems like he doesn't have a weakness and he's got uh, a, a lot of tools in his bag. I just think that the experience of Volk, he just shows you he's just tough to put away unless Taporia comes out with some devastating knockout and the chin is vulnerable. I don't think he's going to beat him in a decision. I don't think he's going to beat him over five rounds. And I just think that that's a big ask because we've seen with Volkanovsky, it's it's tough to put him away. You got to have the perfect shot. And I don't think he's going to make that same mistake going into this fight. And after a guy gets knocked out like that, going his entire career without having that happen, I think it's just, natural fair as a better to wonder what guy you're going to see the next time out so i also think that's part of the reason why Volkanovski's not a bigger favorite like let's say that he would have lost the same way that he did to islam in a close fight in a decision that's not how he lost right like he got his head kicked off his neck so we'll see what version of alexander Volkanovski. go ahead I just want to say, uh, you know, the other thing that you have to take into account is, yes, the devast- the knockout was devastating. He also took the fight on 10 days notice. Like, he did not yeah. no. he did not, he did not get a full camp. He just did it full gangster style. I'm going to show up and try and do this incredible thing. And I'm just not ready to drop his stock that much. So, if anything, you make a good point. Like, this might be 
some of the best value you'll get Volkanovsky at. Um, yeah. I'm, I think certainly like once the method odds come out that week, you know, him versus decision is going to be something that's probably going to be tasty to me in that uh, in that upcoming matchup. But I'm not ready to write him off yet. Speaking of value, you're going to be cage side for Cheeto Vera versus Sean O'Malley in Miami at UFC 299, which is now right around the corner. Is the value right now good enough to maybe take a flyer on Cheeto at plus 170? And if your answer is no, what kind of odds do you have to get to bet Marlon Vera? Yeah, there's going to be a number, and again, that'll probably come closer to the fight of like, what is he by knockout? Will I take a flyer on it? For sure, because he has been shown this dude's this dude's like Barry Bonds. Like he's the ultimate home run hitter. If you give him that perfect opportunity, he might just snipe you and that's it. But I haven't liked the way that he's fought. I haven't liked how he's gone about these fights because it can't always be going for the home runs. Sometimes you got to take some singles and he likes to see a lot of pitches. And usually by the time you go past it, you know, it's the ninth inning and I've made a lot of baseball references, but you get my point. Yeah, come on, I don't know dude. if Cooper's count is on my mind. My point is Cheeto Vera. It would have to be a healthy, like five to one, six to one for me to like, oh, I'll throw that on knockout for him just as a flyer. But I think Sean is rightfully the favorite going into this one. This guy, as long as there's not a swing and a miss, I think that if they can keep it in fair territory, then Sean O'Malley's going to win the fight. But maybe Cheeto Vera comes out there looking for extra bait. What are you talking about? Uh, bro, that's my guy, Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, wrapping up the show here on the BetQL Network. Benoit Anthony versus Dustin Poirier. We talked about this earlier with Andrew Gomez of Bets and Picks MMA. He made some good points, like – it does feel like Poirier has gotten a lot of opportunities by the promotion, given every single opportunity throughout his earned, not given, earned every single opportunity throughout his career and fought the Holloways and the Gaethje's and the Khabib's and the McGregor's, all the biggest names, that maybe it was time for him to throw a bone to the promotion. Benoit Saint-Denis is a guy you don't want to mess with, right? Finished every fight that he's been in. I'm not surprised he's the favorite at minus 135. The flip side of that, though, for Poirier is if you win this fight after throwing a bone to the promotion, if Dana appreciates you, he puts you to the front of the line. So maybe Poirier wins and then fights for a belt. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think that part of this, first of all, I'm sure they gave him a real sweetheart deal for, you know, he basically doesn't have to travel for the fight. He can train down here in South Florida you know, take the 30 minute drive to do this. And it's, you know, I'm sure he's going to get a healthy paycheck for it. Cause it's basically a, 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 a co-main main event. Like they're doing five rounds. Like he's going to be the billing of this because yeah, Dustin Poirier's star power has raised a lot over the last three years after the McGregor wins. So yeah, I do think there is part of him. He's never been scared to take these fights. He's, you know, even the guys that he's kind of grumbled in, like he didn't really want to take on Chandler. He's like, why do I got to say fight Michael Chandler? He just got here. New kid on the block, but he did it. Didn't really want to fight Dan Hooker, but he did it. Um, this guy doesn't back down from anybody. Uh, Sandini is sure, certainly dangerous, but, you know, it, this is one of those where, like, if you're worried about Dustin Poirier's chin, he's taken some vicious knockouts, Michael Johnson, and bounced back and gone on crazy runs. This is not a guy who, just because he lost via head kick to Justin Gaethje, I think his run is done. I think he's very dangerous in chaotic fights. And um, for me, Dustin Poirier is a dog. I'm too much of a fan not to not to put something on that. 
You say Justin Gaethje. I say Max Holloway. Those guys are going to fight for the BMF belt at UFC 300. Gaethje's a minus 225. Max at plus 185. We brought up earlier Max Holloway never been knocked out, never been knocked down in his career. That's insane. Justin Gaethje has as much a punching power as anybody in the UFC. What do you think he does to Max Holloway? I mean, if you're going to give me two to one that night on Max, I'll do it. I, and, I, and I wouldn't blame you for that. I think the thing that I have, this isn't so much a Max is washed thing. This to me right now is Gaethje just looks Watch like he's there. on a tear. He just looks like he's on a tear right now. That's it. And and, and I think for me, I, uh, I you got to respect that for what he's doing. Um, certainly, Max Holloway is tough to put away. I'm not so worried about him jumping up in weight. The dude's a moose. What is he, 5'11"? Um, I don't think that that's going to be a problem. There's no shame in him losing to you know, Dustin Poirier back in the day. So I'm not taking anything away from him there. I just think that Justin's just – he's a monster right now, dude, and I don't think anybody can stop him. The only guy I'm curious to see really him against is Islam because I want to see if he can kind of get rid of those Dagestani demons. Can he, can he avenge the loss to Khabib because – that was really the last time we saw him that vulnerable and and looked like a human. And and he is, you know, taken. I think the thing that's impressive about Justin Gaethje is he takes losses and just he doesn't, you know, fix some things. Like he completely revamps and goes on absolute tears. And so I'm uh, I, I'm I'm riding with him on this one. Those damn Dagestani demons hate those things, man. That's been a while since he lost that fight to Khabib. I mean, Khabib is since retired, and Gaethje's won a bunch of fights. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe you're right. Uh, Wei Li fights uh, Jean, uh, Yan Jianan coming up at UFC 300. Wei Li is a heavy favorite at minus 345. Dare I say, too heavy of a favorite. Yeah, and especially the way that we uh, we've been seeing the women's division, like you know, Zhang Wei Li is is has been a killer, but we've also seen her get got. And Yan is uh, is pretty good value going into that one. A lot of pressure is going to be on that one Great nationally value. for them too. So. I uh, I think that, that that's that's definitely a, a tasty one to take on going into this one against Zhang Weili. I got my crystal ball here in front of me, and I see Armand Sarukian versus Charles Oliveira. Right now, Sarukian is minus 205. Oliveira is plus 170, which means he's probably going to be closer to 2-1 to one by fight night. You know where my money's going? All over Bronx in that fight. What about you? Oh, man. I know you're going to hate me because you love Charles Oliveira. I I, Charles I think Sarukian, you love Charlie Olives. I get it, dude. You're you're a martini man, and I, I get you. But I think for me, I think Sarukian, he looks like he's, uh, he's definitely on a mission. Uh, he's looked fantastic, and I think that he wants that other crack at Makachev. I think that he wants to, to prove that, like, hey, you got this guy got me at 22 years old. I want to get another crack at him. I, it wasn't like I was blown out of the water in that fight. So I'm curious to see what this guy can do. But look, dude, the one thing he's got to worry about is you cannot go into these fights against Charles Oliveira and think you got him finished if you got him hurt. Like if you get any kind of damage on him, you got to press on the gas because we've seen too many times where Charles Oliveira is in there. He'll take a, a round where he looks like he's dead in the water and then all of a sudden, boom, flips it on you and he is the winner. Every time. Like when he was defending his belt, I can't remember a time where that didn't happen, where it was like, oh, man, Oliveira's in trouble. And then it goes to the ground, and then all of a sudden, Oliveira looks like a cobra, and he's choking dude out. So not only do I think Oliveira wins the fight, you're going to give me plus 170. 
I'll take that plus 450 on Oliveira finishing by sub. Uh, he does have more subs than anybody in the history of the UFC. Before we wrap things up, looks like we're going to get McGregor versus Chandler while we're talking odds, and I've got my crystal ball out. Why is Conor McGregor a favorite in this fight? And don't you say because he's Conor McGregor. I know you have to pay that tax. I am putting all my money, which is not a lot, on Michael Chandler. If I, yeah, if I can't use the reason because he's Conor McGregor, I'll use the he's reason of Michael Chandler is popular, but he hasn't had the most devastating run i also think if this is going to be at a bigger weight class people think that that's going to be a bad thing for michael chandler i tend to disagree i think that michael chandler the bigger it is probably the better for him because conor mcgregor the bigger he's fought the less special he's been he's the best featherweight i've ever seen lightweight didn't have that impressive of a run after winning the belt then he started fighting at 170. I was like, eh, he kind of looks a little lethargic. Then he goes back to 155, still not quite as elusive as he used to be. So I think people are going by, oh, if this is at 170 or 185, that's going to be a huge thing for Conor McGregor. And I disagree. I think that a Conor McGregor who is heavy and plotting and just all boxing is a pretty easy guy to figure out if you're Michael Chandler and especially if you can bring that wrestling game to it. So I love Michael Chandler as a dog. And the other thing that just keeps getting lost in this, Sean, is, my God, he's coming off of a bad injury that he clearly yeah. tried to use some HGH horse ninja turtle mutant ooze to get back from. And I'm not blaming him. I get you, dude. You got to do what you got to do to get back in the octagon. But we've seen with Chris Weidman, you're not quite the same after breaking your leg. We've seen with Anderson Silva, you're not quite the same after suffering that injury. He already didn't look like the Conor McGregor beforehand. Now, on top of it, he is coming off of this devastating injury that nobody's really looked quite right. I don't care if he's got Master Splinter, Michelangelo, Leonardo, Raphael, and Donatello in his corner pumping an IV of Ninja Ooze. It's too much for me to put my money on him for, for that fight. I got like Chandler as a dog. I was Splinter for Halloween. Not that you asked, but... I was. Oh, uh, thank you to our producer, Jake Noaker, for Brendan Tobin. I'm a sports machine, Sean Levine. We'll talk some more fighting and make some more money together right here next week on Tapped Out.